Hey, I'm Rich. And I'm Ruben. And welcome to Clarity, where we discuss ideas and experiences that shape how we think and live. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the experience I had, where now I've realized I was just a spiritual policeman. And the moment of clarity that woke me up from this error, but before we dive deep into my personal faults, errors, and wrongs done, we're going to just go back and talk about... How are you doing? Yeah, how are you doing, dude? Good. I have my, my mother-in-law here with me. I'm behaving better than usual because Good boy. he's here. And I can testify to that. Bro, and <laughs> there's, there's, I didn't tell you, there's this new Peruvian restaurant here in the city. Okay, so Ruben, you are from? Peru. And would you say that a Peruvian restaurant in the United States is a common thing? Uh, in big cities, yes. In really big cities, yes. Uh, but... Not in small cities or like towns. Like Asheboro, North Carolina. That was really, I mean, there's a lot of uh, Spanish present, Hispanic mm-hmm. present in this area. Uh, most of them are from Mexico and some of them are from Central America, like El Salvador, Honduras. Uh, there's a lot of places where you can get pupusas. Like there's oh, like pupusas yes. are really good stuff from Salvador, Salvadorian mm-hmm. food. But Peruvian food is really hard to come by in this area. Like the closest one for me is Charlotte and there's a place called Viva Chicken. It's like, it's like a, a fast food version of Peruvian food, but it is Peruvian food. It's really good stuff. Okay. And, and I was really excited when one of my church members told me, you know, uh, Pastor, there's a new uh, Peruvian restaurant that is coming uh, soon. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was just happy that there was going to be a Viva Chicken in Greensboro, which is 30 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And now are you telling me that in my town where I live, there's going to be a Peruvian restaurant? And I did go the area and it said coming soon. But this week, uh, Cassie's co-workers say, hey, Peruvian's restaurant's open. So I, I think I need to check it out. Dude. So yeah. good for you. Yeah. How about you, man? How are your plans? Huh? How's your day? Huh? I know my you're wife, here at home. Yes. So my wife, Shelly, is a teacher. And right now it's spring break. She's been on spring break since Friday. But you're married. So you're going to have fun. Just you and her. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. When I say spring break, that's okay, Ruben. Mind out of the gutter now. So anyway, All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. we're we're gonna go to the the beach, just the two of us. Uh, probably tomorrow have a beach day. It's gonna be nice to be able to spend our off time together, or in the morning when I'm not working, I could just spend time with her and then get to work. And I'm really excited to have more time with my wife, do some fun stuff, go out with the dogs, and we're having a blast. Hang out with you here, man. It's good to. Last night we had our game night. It was good to whoop you at Mario Kart, uh, <laughs> chat around. And, <laughs> and I whoop you in everything else. <laughs> yes. For now. And have delicious <laughs> pizza and just be able to hang out with a, yeah. a friend. And we're both pastors in the same conference, but just treat each other like equals, friends, and have yeah. this together. It's, it's been good having this connection with you, man. Yeah, man. It's, I really appreciate that. Oh, you're making me blush. <laughs> I just kidding. So today's topic, today's episode <laughs> is uh, Confessions of a Spiritual Policeman. And you may wonder, who was the spiritual policeman? And it's right here with me. His name is Richard Mascaloni. That's me. That's Richard. And first, we want to define some terms, right, Rich? Uh, okay. First, uh, what is a spiritual policeman? And I will say, like, if you ask me, a, a spiritual policeman will be a person the judges people, but spiritually, according to a definite standard, like this person, which is a spiritual policeman, has a standard for morality, for spirituality, for how the things should be done. And that person thinks that that should be the universal standard. 
that the standard spiritual experience that that person has, everybody should have, if at least they're calling themselves Christian. Yes. So it is a trouble. It is trouble because as a policeman sometimes gets you and you are uh, speeding a little bit and gets you a ticket, that person, the spiritual policeman, uh, actually goes from person to person and judges people and gives them spiritual tickets. We love policemen and support them, the yes. good ones. Yes. From our hearts, I was chatting with a, like, this is awful. You say, oh, I talked with one, so obviously I'm not, but I did talk with one yesterday. Um, and he's, he's a good guy, and he was talking about how there's good cops and bad cops. But here's the, here's the issue with the spiritual policeman or any policeman of the various topics we're going to talk about. These are self-appointed ones who yes. chose themselves to do this for others without permission from yes. others. And what they're applying is not, in the best, is not a standard that they're, this is just for you, you idiots. It's their own standard that they're applying to others. Yes. Um, without their permission. Yeah. Nothing. And without their authorization. Yes. Nothing. And so we're using this term as not a, a day yeah. against policemen. Nothing against policemen. Uh, mm -hmm. It's like uh, when or someone, when, you know, when someone's judging someone, it's like, hey, are you the fashion police or something like that? We're using that same term, policeman, mm -hmm. for. Uh, a person that we just mentioned in this description that judges people and thinks that that reality, spiritual reality, should be applied for everybody. And if you are not according to that reality, you are not enough of a Christian or you are not enough of a person. Is this limited just to spirituality? No, but right now for this topic, we are going to talk about spiritual things, like mm -hmm. spiritual life. And just as a footnote, I guess, we believe that everything's spiritual, like our friend Rob Bell. So we believe that everything's spiritual. Everything that affects your spiritual life affects every aspect of your life. Therefore, it is likely that if you're a spiritual policeman, you have other things going on in your other areas of life as, as well. Was, as was my case. And even when you've um, taken away that spiritual standard, you can keep it up and still do that with other areas. Yeah. And that's that's been my experience. So uh, let's cut to the chase, man. Yeah. I have been a hardcore spiritual policeman. Confessions. And uh, here it is. So I am a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. And here's the thing about us. We talked about how the mass exodus, many are leaving Christianity. And they're not rejecting what really our church teaches at its heart and core. They're rejecting misunderstanding of that. Or they're rejecting mainstream Christianity. And or that representation. We, yes. We've been rejected. Yeah. By mainstream Christianity in a lot of ways because we're Sabbath keepers. We keep Saturday and we say that's Sabbath, not Sunday, and that riles feathers and people won't put us away. They say we're weird because we're vegetarian. We're I'm distinct. Not, I'm You're not vegetarian. That's actually we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and so I've come in a spot where I was Adventist, and then I but I wasn't. I was struggling with porn use in private as a teenage boy. And so even though I was feeling a call as a pastor, I had this little bit of double life. And over a while, that double life grew. And not only was it porn use, I was doing this. I was lying. I was doing that. And all of a sudden, you know, I was starting going to say to be a pastor and inappropriately messaging girls online. And man, I, my life was a mess. Um, on the inside. by the way, on Facebook. On the inside. But on the outside, you show a different reality. Yes. and so hypocrite to the core. And then I went overseas as a missionary after two years of studying at Southern to be a pastor. I went overseas as a student missionary, took a year off of that and do some service. And, um, but over there is where I met a conflict and I really turned to the Lord, you know, 
for help from him in a way I hadn't before and started to have an active devotional life. I started to listen to a lot of sermons from a website called audioverse.com. Um, and I started to really connect with a very good friend of mine, Raymond Betts, who is my spiritual mentor in a lot of ways. And Raymond, if you're listening to this, I love you and appreciate you so much, man. And as I started to do these things, I started to follow and realize that I went from watching all these inappropriate things as far as TV, not just the porn, and realized I needed, those are my idols. I was using them as, as like almost like a drug. I was addicted. So I needed to push that away. Mm-hmm. Correct my imbalance. And I was using relationships to become my, my whole, to be filled. And so I read this book by Josh Harris, I Kiss Staying Goodbye. And I realized that I need to kiss Staying mm-hmm. Goodbye for myself. Mm-hmm. But then that book, man, that transition occurred. I'm like, everyone needs to kiss Staying Goodbye. Everyone needs to stop watching these things that are Christians. Everyone needs to stop listening to this music. And then Raymond was vegan. I became vegan. And honestly, for me, I am, I run much better vegan because. It's just night and day as far as how cleared up I am. So I think I probably am actually allergic to cheese. Yeah. Which is why I had a cheeseless pizza with y'all last night. Yeah. Y'all had your cheese pizza. That's good. It's better. More, more cheese for me. That's fine. Enjoy. And my, and my wife loves cheese too. But here's the point. Those were good changes for me, dude. But I began to look at my, I was on that island with 20 other SMs. I began to view them as less Adventist. Bro. And less loyal. Bro. Because I had made this change and they hadn't. <sighs> And I wondered why they didn't accept me, why they were rejecting me. I felt persecuted. Bro, I was just being a jerk. So we're just I was being a policeman. I was applying that standard to others. And I came back and I went to Southern and I was applying these standards to others. And when I look back on it, man, I was doing this spiritually. So that's one case of that. I was doing this spiritually, uh, the spiritual policeman thing with people before I had this experience. I also did it in matters of health. I have um family that's very close to me. I love them dearly. And um, they've talked about this openly where they're a part of the family where they're, they're, they're a little heavier. And that has been fixated upon by others, members of the family, hardcore, super negatively, like a constant focus all the time. Like, oh, why are you, how do you have this much weight? That's such a problem. It's fixating. And it's been a major thing that's harmed that relationship, right? Yeah. You know, I'm there being a vegetarian, this and that. When I was in childhood, I go over to that part of the family's house. And some kids in the family that I was older, there was a real extent to which being the older, older one that I was looked up to. Instead of using that, I think I... Maybe he'll look back and say, no, you were, you were good and you were loving kind to me. In addition to that. Probably your heart was not with the right intentions. I don't know if where I was at really, but I was like, they need to lose weight. And so I'd be like, I just do things where it'd be like, I cringe at what I did before. Mm. Like one, I'm not going to use any names here, but she was there and I was like, hey, you should drink this smoothie, this fruit smoothie. Because I was trying to get her to lose weight. Hey, buddy, you should come with me and do this run. Do it like this. Just do it all the time. How many crunches can you do? You know, I was trying to manipulate them. Yeah. To be more like me. No. And then another time, my I have an aunt. And um, 
she was an Adventist and she'd just driven us back from church because we were visiting her grandparents. And um, we're in the car and I just sit there and I said, I want you to accept the truth. Don't you realize the seventh day is the Sabbath? And looked at her in the face, like, how can you love us and not believe this? I said that, dude. How can you love us and not believe this? And it's just that method of manipulation. You need to do this. And it, it ranged on issues where I was applying, uh, no one should date your bad if you date. Later in my life, earlier of, you need to be as healthy as I am. I'm concerned about right now. You need to be. Even to that issue of how I went across enforcing, hey, I believe this. You should believe it too. Yeah. Um, so now I feel- It ranged from unimportant issues to important issues, but how I did yes. it was, has been the issue in my life. Yes. I, I've been encountered with many uh, spiritual policemen alongside my short time of ministry. And it is interesting to to see that most of the times the people that I've encountered that were judging others, like, hey, the kids, they shouldn't do this, or they, the, the young, they're, they're listening to this music, or they should be dressing this way, or they'll be eating this way. Dude, by the end of a year or a few months, something will happen about that spiritual policeman. And it was either a problem with a secret addiction, it was a problem with... I don't know, like families or there were some like bad uh, financial movements or criminal things that they were doing. Bro, I'm not even telling you from things that other people tell me. I'm telling you from my own experience. Sometimes, I, I don't even know if it's 100%, but there's a really high, I would say like 99% of the time, a spiritual policeman is overcompensating something. It's trying to show something that it's not because he or she thinks that they can have control over this whole thing because yeah. there's other areas in their life that they have no control over. That's been and, my experience, Ben. And and I don't want to put that as a label because I think there's a lot of potential in us realizing uh, that at some point we all have been in that uh, spiritual policeman situation because if we if someone tells you and comes clean as first just rich as he's just been sharing uh, things with me with you that are listening. Uh, it will be easy for us to somehow when someone gets vulnerable, you feel in a position of power and judgment as well. Unknowingly, mm. as, as, as Rich was telling me their stuff, I, I just try to be really intentional in, in not being judgmental. It is interesting how our human nature is like, hey, I'm not that bad as this person or something like that. And then just uh, you, me, try to excuse what we are doing just because we think they're not that bad as this or that. But for God, they're the same. We all need a savior. So mm. this is a really interesting topic and this is a really interesting witness from, from Rich. I really appreciate you being honest with this, man. Uh, because this might also encourage other people that are, uh, may have been listening that may be struggling with this or other things to realize that it's not about what you do or what you try to control. At the end, ultimately, God is the only one that can fix things in our lives, not a, a spiritual ticket, not trying to fix things for other people, not trying to help other people around. Hey, let me help you with this so you lose weight. Or, hey, let me help you with that so you have more faith. Or, hey, let me pray with you so you learn how to pray. Or, or hey, let me go shopping with you so we buy these clothes that are uh, appropriate for God. You know, sometimes yes. we are really trying to help people but some, uh, you know, sometimes it's manipulation. Yes. What's the difference between manipulation, actually helping someone? 
I think permission is part of it, but let, here, here, here. Let's. Why don't you share your moment of clarity? Oh, yeah. And then I can do mine. Either way, whichever order you like. Well, and I can start saying, you know, in my case, uh, I I have not been an active uh, policeman, a spiritual policeman. I probably have been a, on and on and off. <laughs> Like yeah. there are some situations where, as I'm telling you, I feel I'm better than other persons and I start judging. That's how it used to be back then. And and mm-hmm. and I, I guess when I was in Peru, uh, it was really easy to judge when one girl will get pregnant. You know, that's something that you can see. And it's like, yeah, that girl will get pregnant. And yeah, I'm better because I'm not getting nobody pregnant and I'm not doing any any of those like things. But mm-hmm. on the other side, I'll have, I'll have my own struggles as well. But for me, it was uh, it's not that bad as this. Uh, that's why I can put a ticket, a spiritual ticket. She got pregnant or stuff like that, you know. Mm. In my case, also, I've been exposed to that as when I, in young age. Thankfully, not from my parents. They were not judgmental or not that much judgmental with many attitudes. So for me, the moment of clarity is that I think for us, in order to get out of that spiritual policeman state. We need to be aware of our own situation, our own spiritual experience. God is asking you to preach the gospel. God is not asking you to police the gospel. God is asking you to preach the gospel, not to police the gospel. Come on now. So that means that also involves how that experience that I have shapes my witnessing. Because if you think that you are called to to just give spiritual uh, tickets uh, for everybody, then you are actually having a little twisted mind of who God is. It, that Your God is like there just trying to look where you actually are doing something wrong and say, hey, you are doing something wrong. You are such a bad person. I don't think that's my God. I don't think my God is like that. God sees and, us fully as we are. And I don't want to be a, so, st- a stumbling rock, man. My, Sorry, my moment of clarity, don't worry. My moment of clarity is to be intentional mm-hmm. because we are called not to be a policeman. If anything, we're called to be a marketer. We're supposed to promote our religion and not promote with our thoughts, but with our own witnessing and life and experience. You know, when someone does marketing, they show the best sides of everything. We are not to show only the best side. The, the beauty of the gospel is that it's not about our best side. Mm. It's that even God also wants that bad side. He wants it as well because he wants to work in that as well. So oh. I really, I, that's my moment of clarity. Be intentional with your own life, with your own experience. Take care of yourself first and, and be mindful. Who is your God? Mm. And, and what will Jesus do if he will, were to encounter your friend that gets pregnant or this and that and that? It's more than just church discipline, bro. And then that's another topic in itself. It's two topics because our view of God impacts how we treat others. Um, let me, there's two moments of clarity that have helped me dispense and figure this out. I had a conversation. I was talking about how I given up movies and our different spiritual experiences at a campfire at a name of that camp in Southern New England. Wakanda? No, that's different. No, that's, it's like that, though. It's like that, though. It's, ah, uh, it was something. Wakanda's Wisconsin. Yeah, it's Wisconsin. I, don't know. I forget. My Southern New England friends are going to roast me for this, but I accept it. You're camp at that Brady. camp. Camp Brady. No? 
I am I was I I have a New York Jets hat on today, so that clarifies my position regarding that, ma'am. Okay, go for Who, it. But here's the point: there, I was at this camp, and I was at the end or near part of the Adventist Heritage Tour with Dr. Judd Lake, and I was sharing how I'd given up movies. And Dr. Lake, after hearing my testimony, chatted with me about how it's very good that that was part of my spiritual experience, but that that doesn't need to apply to everybody else. And he encouraged me not to do that. And every time I saw him after that. He'd stop and said, hey, you remember that conversation we had? And For a while, I was just mad at Dr. Lake about that. I was like, dude, you're leading people down sin, love road to sin if you're trying to support and encourage them to do that behavior. But through exposure to different things, I've realized, wow, Dr. Lake, you're right. And at one point, he came to him and said, Dr. Lake, thank you. And I saw him at the seminary. He was visiting for an Elmite symposium. I thanked him. He was my Southern uh, professor. but um. University at Southern FS University. He also is Southern personally, but anyway, mm-hmm. here's something that's interesting. Do you know not everything that you may believe as a human being or a Christian is on the same level or importance? No, no, it's not. It's they should be prioritized like this. There are universal moral issues because ultimately, should I be responsible for my actions to other people? Mm. You read that Desmond Tutu quote, didn't you? Yes. That was uh, last episode, yeah. Yeah, where... If you're neutral, mm-hmm. you are siding with the oppressor. Yes, if it's a moral... If it's if, if it's the kind of issue where there's an oppressor and the oppressed, yes, right? Yes, yes. And that falls under universal moral issues, right? Mm-hmm. You can't say you're neutral if you're allowing someone to be oppressed, right? There are things in which you have to call that out, and that's your responsibility, and that's not being a spiritual policeman no. or a moral policeman. That's being a human being. That is part of your call to office, right? So there are things... They're like that. There's also Christian issues where yes. you got someone walking around saying, I'm a Christian. Yep. Yep. Or sometimes we I treat them at the same level, the right? Accent there, but yeah, where we can exactly where someone's, if they're walking around, they weren't a Christian, it would be an issue, but they say they're a Christian, but then they're doing AVC, like they're doing something. And then you're like, Hey, that doesn't follow with Christianity. You need to stop that. One time I was watching, um, and are you afraid of the dark? Ever oh. hear that from the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was I, particularly creepy and like spiritualist and dark. And I, I, I was watching him. I looked up and my dad was there. And he said, um, is this something people at church, you guys at church would watch? Shame. And he's not a Christian. He's not, he's a Catholic. He's a nominal Catholic. You know, he's Catholic. I'm, he's like a CNE Catholic. And I was like, dang. <laughs> Like he re- he recognizes out. calling you out, bro. And son, what? son, is this is this consistent, right? And that was appropriate for him to do. Then there's things that we believe is Seventh Day Adventists. They're called the fundamental doctrines. They're things where if you don't believe these, you're not really a Seventh Day Adventist because those are actually based on the scriptures. We just yes. need to note that, and there's not a single uh, one of our beliefs that is not connected to the Bible, mm-hmm. and that is crucial for us. Yeah, and. So, for example, if you don't believe in the Sabbath, you're not a Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah, if you don't, yeah, there's many, many things that are some uh, apparently more big deal for people than others because yeah. they're easier to point out. But at, at ultimately, they are all important. Yeah, and so then there's there's these, right? And again, how you conduct yourself and how you work with these beliefs amongst brothers, other Seventh Day Adventists, there's a way you can do that where it's manipulative and judgmental. You shouldn't do. Uh, that's our that's our fundamental beliefs. Yeah, you need to and, like put layers, like levels yes. of priority. Yes. And then below fundamental beliefs, there are teachings. There are things that 
teaches the church that not everyone in the church does. Like, For example, we the church there's a teaching the church that the yeah the original diet is a vegetarian plant based diet. Yeah. It doesn't mean everyone in our church is vegetarian. And I that's am vegetarian. Not, that's not part of our beliefs. I am no, not vegetarian. Just your te- just our teaching. Yeah. That is not part of something that comes out of a principle from the Bible. The principle is health. Another one is the that, wedding ring, the wedding yes, band. Yes, the Adventist church teaches that the wedding band is allowed, but also teaches that no jewelry. it's important that ju- you should be, the teaching is you should be modest. Yes, that is the teaching. And your, in, well, the, the doctrine is modesty and the teaching is one way to do that is just, just to avoid expensive and excessive yeah, things. Yeah, but bro, 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 I, I'll be honest with you. Whether sometimes that's a Mercedes Benz. Exactly. That is my or, problem. Or here's the thing. You know, we're not going to get into wedding rings at this moment. I'm wearing one that cost me eight US dollars. Mine And I cost- use it because I witnessed to many non-Seventh-day Adventists and, uh, and many people I witnessed with, marriage is no longer the norm. So for me to walk around with an $8 thing that communicates instantly that I'm committed to one no. life for the rest of my life, is a witness. But I think I do I do have a wedding ring as well. It was a little more expensive than that, but it was less than $300. However, I paid it with my own cash. I worked really hard for it. And another thing, like I I think that we are just fixated on the one thing, which is mm-hmm. a ring or earrings or a, a bracelet or or some a color or something. And we we lose the focus of what why we do or we don't do those things. Mm-hmm. Because uh I know for a fact that there was this couple, a really close friend of ours, and they didn't want to do a wedding ring. So they did do a pocket watch mm-hmm. or a watch. And the watch was really expensive. And the watch was really expensive. Several More expensive. Yes. Running to the thousand. And and no, because it's not a ring. It's a, it's fine, but it's a good quality watch. So it's going to last forever. So $1,000 is nothing. So it's like, you cannot judge me for, I spend like less money than that for a ring that I'm going to use and not use. And I don't think it's fair that we lose ourselves into the ring thing, the ring issue. And we are spiritual policing people. Is that okay? Policing? Yes. We're spiritual policing people just for what they do or don't do when we are in this level, because we talked about the first level, which is the, the beliefs. Now we're talking about this second level, which is teachings. This is within the Adventist church. We so think our church, if you're not Adventist. There's universal moral issues where it's like, you don't kill people. You don't steal. You don't, and you don't cheat on other people's spouses, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then there's Christian issues. Then there's our Adventist fundamental beliefs or the fundamentals of whatever church you are. Then there's different teachings, right? And and these are more of, close. they're close to the doctrines, but they're still, it's still how you apply them is on a personal basis, right? Yeah, and there are other and there are other suggestions like, for example, drinking alcohol or not, or smoking or not. The Bible does not forbid. It, it doesn't specifically say you should not smoke. You know, it does not say you should not smoke. The Bible does not. It also says thou shalt not kill. Well, that is. But <laughs> what we're saying right now, what we're saying right now is that, in the matter of your salvation, in the matter of your salvation, smoking is it gonna is it gonna achieve salvation if you stop smoking? That's not a conversation for today. Yeah, it's not. But but I would say that's a crucial part of of living out your value as a human being. It is. And living the life God would like for you to live. It is, but that is not going to achieve salvation. The only way you no. get salvation is through Jesus Christ. Now, the thing the thing well, is, of and course, also, 
feeding millions of people doesn't achieve yeah. your salvation yeah, either. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. So I'm just using that same logic that some people use. And okay. in order for they, they, there is one thing being a spiritual policeman on one side. And then on the other side is just to excuse everything. Excuse your behavior. Ooh. You know? Sneaky. Ru- he tricked me, guys. You're sneaky, Ruben. Good job. So some people actually excuse their behavior by doing something and saying, oh, but this is not, this is that. We shouldn't you, be spiritual policemen, so leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. So I, I find There's that really balance. careful because I cannot see the, my, my, my brother or my sister's heart or my friend's heart. I can't. Mm-hmm. There is no way. And there's many levels that I need to be aware of. If you're Adventist, fine. If you are Methodist, fine. If you are a Christian, fine. If you're Buddhist, fine. But I believe that even within your denomination or beliefs, there are levels of uh, of of things of the reality of importance of, importance of universality, of, centrality yes, to the faith. Yeah, you can be a Seventh Day Adventist and ha- and eat meat and have a little this. But now let's continue. There's also beyond that. There's Cultural minority or majority views, as it's called. Oh, yeah. There's oh, yeah. parts of the church that say, um, the, the you vegan, need to be the vegan. vegan. Yeah, the vegan diet. And there's parts that are like, well, that's good, but I don't need to be. And that's something I emphasize on others. Oh, if you're real Adventist, you're vegan. When in reality, that's just a majority or minority view. And that's just a view that many Adventists have, but doesn't describe your Adventism. And then there's regional views. There's parts of the world in which this is viewed as the Adventist thing for this area, but they don't do this over here. For example, swimming, swimming on the Sabbath. <laughs> oh, not only swimming, man, just doing hiking something outside. Yeah, hiking in in the U.S. Going on a hike on the Sabbath is it's, completely normal and regular and almost expected. When we are serving, when I've served in Micronesia, yeah. my wife served separate. The locals do not hike on Sabbath. It's viewed as doing work. Yeah, and it's that's the same different. in Peru. In Peru, they don't do hikes. Uh, Per se, it, right, it's, really, it's really hard to do them. Sometimes they do it just as pathfinder things, but it's not a common thing to do. No. Yeah, who's right? Who's wrong? You know, is the, for, for Micronesians to come to America and be like, I need to fix you all. That bro, wouldn't bro, be bro, appropriate. Bro. And, and I, I'll, I'll give you one to you. Like when and I was in Peru that, in South way, America, but- <laughs> when I was in South America, like there was this uh, contract that I had to. Uh, should I say? Well, I'll say it. Uh, there's this contract that I had to sign in order to start a religion. You know, okay. and you had to dress this way. You you'll get more great if you had if you're wearing a tie. Well, there goes your chance of working in Peru again, Ruben. Yeah, if you Go were ahead. if you were to wear a tie, you have more great. If you need to wear a, a, a suit or of, it's good. A sweater is a little bit a little less, but a suit mm-hmm. like a like a jacket and, and and like that is cool and fancy. And then you will have to bring your Bible every day. Oh, that's fine. I agree with that. Uh, Amen. But they wanted they wanted the, the physical thing because mm-hmm. that is holier than the app in your phone, apparently. And there they had to there was this thing about the hair length, you know. I I was not a, a rebel, but I always like to ask like why? Why why? Mm-hmm. Right? There should be a reason. Because uh for us in our culture, uh in Peru, I I guess apparently if you have longer hair I don't know if it's less presentable or I don't know if you have a long hair. It's people won't listen to the gospel to you or you'll be a stumbling rock or something. Uh, for me, they, my hair was not that long when I had my interview for the exit interview for a senior. And the pastor that was interviewing me say, hey, you need to cut your hair because you're not going to be a good pastor if you don't have your, your, your hair is not short. 
And he's like, what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> and, and, and then dude, when I came here to Andrews, that's why I, I got, <laughs> I, I got, saw pictures. Your hair was so long. Dude. I had a long hair, man. It was my only chance to get long hair. Uh, right now I had short hair. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I cut it every twice or once a month and I get a haircut, but, for me, just being a spiritual policeman, and usually there were other people from other uh, classes, other uh, other students from there were not religion that had long hair, and people will think that they were like thugs just because you had a long hair. So is that part of their salvation? The lo- the length of your hair? Hmm. I don't know, man. Uh, wow, and that's a regional view. That's a regional view. Yeah. And then there's local or individual position. Yeah. Where literally it's just what I think you should do and, or it's what a lot of us in this group over here think you should do. And the entire church has fallen. All these people are wrong because they aren't like us. And we're not trying, here's an important thing that we, we've laid out these differences of importance of various things. You know what, Rich? We're not trying to. You know what? I'm sorry to cut you. I think it'll be really okay. helpful for the people listening to have yes. this in their in their notes. So we're talking about many levels. Okay. And we put this in the notes. That'll be also helpful. You know. Okay. We're gonna put this list of priority in the notes for you. And this this it, um it, most of this list. It's by no means is, ours. Yes, and, it comes from Doctor, and it's probably not even originally his. Doctor yeah. Merlin Burt shared this with us in two classes: issues in Ellen White and development of Seventh Day Adventist theology at the seminary there. Yeah. And um, Dr. Burt, you're the man. I wish you were listening. Um, so we'll have this in the show notes for you to see. But through all this, it's not just a lack of priorities that's the issue. No. It's the spiritual approach. And here's what convicted me, Ruben. All right. Tell me. Matthew 7, 1 mm-hmm. is really on the nose. Judge not and you shall not be judged. And anyone who has a higher standard that's trying to illuminate people can feel like, oh, I'm tired of hearing people use this against me. I'm just trying to help them. What the heck? Guys, we're not trying to lower standards. We're trying to uphold the true standard and set aside the difference between truth and opinion. Amen? Yeah. And you're going to be able to do that more effectively, and you're going to be able to help people truly if you obey the rest of Matthew 7, which then has Jesus describing a man yes, who tries to help another man with the speck in his eye because they can't because he's a giant log in his own eye. And that log is probably smacking the head Most of spirit. the other person yes. every time they try to help. So the solution, Jesus says, is not for that person to go away, sit in a room, get the log out, and never talk to anyone again. Instead, he says in Matthew chapter 7, probably verses 2 and 3 and onward, what does he say? Look it up. He says, instead, take first the log out. Of, first, take the log out of your own eye, and you will then see clearly. No, you'll says, see clearly. Says, you'll see cl- clarity. Woo! Then you'll see clearly, and then help the brother. So here's the point: Jesus wants us to help each other. Jesus wants us to help each other along. That's part of the reason we have this podcast because I want this to help you. Yes. And I'm trying to get this log out of my own eye, which is judgmentalism, and thinking I'm better and smarter than everyone else. Guys, I am messed up. You know, I'm going to tell something right now, Rich. I have heard a lot right of now, people, and let me just finish this, and I need to have that mentality, and when we have that mentality yes. that we've messed up, and but we're forgiven in Christ, yes. if then we'll we, we then we'll be able to treat other people with their issues the same way, 
and then we'll be worth listening to and then we'll actually have the authority to be helpful. Amen. Well, here is the thing as well. You know why Christ asks us to take the log first? Tell me. Because it takes too much effort to take our own log to the point that when we see like specks in other people, we'll be compassionate towards mm, them. Exactly. It took me too much work to take this log. Mm-hmm. It took me too much effort to take out this log. And by the grace of God, it's out. Then and now my, my brother has this speck. Mm-hmm. It's probably really painful for him as well. Mm-hmm. I got to be compassionate because it is not about you only being right. We'll, we will repeat this over and over because you can be right. And even by being right, you are wrong. If you are not having the Christ-like attitude when you approach your brother and sister or your friend, your classmate, your coworker, whatever they're doing or not doing, first of all, it is their own business. And mm-hmm. it is for you. It is for you to realize that how much, remember how much that log, taking that log out of your own eye hurt or you struggle with it. And remember, you are there as an agent of healing, not as a spiritual policeman. Because it's easy to show where someone did something wrong. That's easy, man. Mm. It's easy to say, hey, you did wrong this, you did wrong. It's hard actually walking there with them towards the path of restoration. And that's what Jesus did, man. Let's end our fake mall cop Christianity yeah. and instead become the ambassadors. Yeah, let's be of vulnerable. The king of the universe. And that requires vulnerability. Yes. I just realized something for the first time about the log and the speck. Do you think someone else can notice the speck in their own eye? No. And if we yeah. haven't taken the time to realize that there's a log in our own that we didn't realize, realize yes. we can't have sympathy for the fact that they don't realize their speck. Because if yes. you, because Jesus is saying, you didn't realize you had a bigger problem. Therefore, don't be surprised when they don't realize they have their problem. And sometimes, it's a deeper call to patience. And sometimes it's been there so long that you don't notice it's there. Mm. And that is more reason that we need a savior. Amen. Because there is no worse person. And there is no worse, the worst. I think it's in, in, in Spanish. There's a phrase that is like, there is no worse blind person than the blind person that does not want to see. The blind man that doesn't want to see. I'm just trying to roughly translate that. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's, ladies and gentlemen, let's raise the standard and apply it to ourselves. Yes. Well. But above all, have compassion and love as Jesus had that with us. That's a really wonderful conversation, Rich. Thank you. Uh, if you, as the listener, have something to say about this, Please keep it to yourself. No, <laughs> no, uh, you can connect with us, actually. We have a Twitter account. It's at Clarity Underline uh, uh, Podcast. And we have a Facebook account, which is FB.com and Clarity Podcast. Please also, if you're in iTunes, if you're in Google Podcasts, if you're whatever the platform you use to listen to me and Rich, please review us, share, share it with your friends and rate us. And we just want you to... I mean, if you have been blessed by this, we are blessing for other people. And we really appreciate you listening to us. Thank you for giving us an opportunity of being part of your life for this episode. Stay tuned for more. Hopefully, every 15 days. Um, I'm Ruben. I'm Rich. And this was Clarity.